Turning Point Coaching and Consulting presents Kairos Conversations, Connecting with Quality, the podcast. Kairos is Greek for the right time, the right season, and the right opportunity. This podcast features healthcare quality professionals who share their journeys, their advice, their struggles, how they made that transition into a new and exciting role. My heart's desire is that you find this podcast to be inspirational to you as you make your own journey. Don't forget to share this podcast with your colleagues and friends and rate us on whichever podcast platform you listen to. Thank you for being here. I'm here today with my next guest, Brianna Fullenkamp. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's start by introducing yourself to the audience. Yeah. So my name is Brianna Fullenkamp. So my background is in physical therapy. So I was a physical therapist um, for about four years and did some different things. And then now my current role, I'm a performance improvement specialist. So I've been doing that for about a year now. Awesome. So tell us what does that mean? Because um, a lot of people hear that term or see that job posted. What does it mean to be a performance improvement specialist? Yeah, so my my role really entails leading different projects. So the healthcare organization that I work for, you know, I have different projects that I'm assigned to, and then I help lead these teams in order to find out root causes of what maybe issues are going on and really the focus of our projects depends on different things. So some of them focus on, you know, really the quality of the patient care and focusing on what's best practice and how do we get to those goals. Other times, you know, the focus is on employee satisfaction. And we know that that can affect, you know, quality at the bedside as well. So kind of there's different focuses, but really what I do, um, I'm that, that facilitator that lead on the projects and then pull in different people from different areas in order to reach our goals. What kind of bedside care did you do? Acute care, outpatient, kind of what was what were you doing? Yeah, so I did a few different things. So when I first graduated um, as a physical therapist, I started out in a skilled nursing facility, so did that. But then when I was doing that, I was also doing home health on the side, so had experience there. And then I actually transitioned into a different role. So where I went to be a PT at an ENT clinic, and that was like, really a neat experience for me. So the PT clinic wasn't up and going at that time. So I was kind of like being able to be in those projects and create that PT clinic, which again was very different than a bedside um, PT at the time. So treated vestibular balance patients there and then actually transitioned back to home health full time after that. And that was specific to kind of getting some non-clinical skills um, and then transitioned to, uh, as a performance improvement specialist. How did you do that? I mean, I've heard a lot of people say it's hard to get into those roles as a clinician. Yeah. Um, a lot of times those um, positions, yours and mine, are typically reserved for a registered nurse. So mm-hmm. how did you break that barrier? Yeah, so I was very fortunate. And, and I specifically, so... You know, when I was in the ENT clinic, I knew I wanted to do something in project work, didn't really know what, was fortunate enough to find, you know, the non-clinical PT, took her course, figured out different opportunities and where I needed to focus. So that's kind of when I went 
back to like a bigger healthcare organization. I thought maybe there'd be a little bit more opportunity there. And when I was a home health PT, I was fortunate enough to be asked to be a team member on a RIM project. So that was using like PI tools and methodologies and and project work. So I saw it there. And then having that experience kind of broke into being able to speak to it, um, you know, during the interview as a PI specialist. Okay. Do you have like a project management certification or do you have any certifications? Yeah, no project management certification, although that is something that I think I would like to eventually get. So I do have a certification as a lead black belt Six Sigma, but I did not have that before I, you know, started as a PI specialist. So I didn't have anything going into that. But since I kind of learned the tools and things, um, I decided to go ahead and get that certification. How do you think it's helped you since you've had it? I think it was more of a validation for me to make sure like I knew the tools and methodologies and it was kind of almost like a refresher because my my company really does a great job at teaching us. They take the time to do that. So I feel like it's helped me a little bit more with maybe data analysis. So that's kind of something that I've been able to pull into my work too um, and something I'm interested in and, and learning more about. So I think the certification and the education that came with that helped me. Um, be able to look at data a little bit differently. Okay. Did you encounter any barriers going into or making that transition? Yeah. I mean, I would say, so like, this was all like a two-year time span. So like, I mean, it took a while. So the barriers, you know, I faced early on, I was just kind of randomly applying. I, I didn't have any like end goal in mind, you know, and so I didn't even get an interview most of the time at that Mm -hmm. point. So I think overcoming those barriers, I was very intentional about what I wanted to do and, and took some different courses. I did some coaching and really narrowed in on where I wanted to focus and then kind of finding those opportunities to break into that quality space. Yeah. I love that you said that, that it took two years because Mm -hmm. I think it gives perspective to It doesn't just happen overnight, right? When you make that decision that you want to do something different, you just don't flip the switch and and it happens. It does take a little bit of time. Exactly, yes. Hi, friend. Are you listening to this podcast wondering how you can start your own journey into healthcare quality? Or maybe you've already started, but you're hitting some roadblocks and getting stuck at the application process. Well, my friend, I've got a free resource for you. After you finish listening to this episode, head on over to my website and grab the ebook, Top Three Mistakes Clinicians Make When Transitioning into a Non-Clinical Role. The link will be in the show notes section. Now, enjoy the rest of the episode. So why healthcare quality? Or why, um, why performance improvement? I know you did that project yeah. in home health, but kind of what set, what yeah. made you think this is what I want to do? So really, I knew I wanted to do something in the project work back when I was at ENT, like I was saying. And I liked the idea of like reaching more patients in a different way. I kind of liked being in the background and making sure the processes flowed together better. You know, that really would then impact patient care and patient experience, but kind of being on the back end and coordinating all of that. And I am very detail-oriented and organized, and I felt like it really my skill set in order to still improve patient care and, you know, have that patient experience, but just at a different angle. Yeah, I, I agree with that because that's that's how I felt too. Transitioning into a quality role is being able to affect more patients than the ones that I would physically put my hands on mm-hmm. when I was at the bedside. And I think it's so cool because 
in your position and my position, we can influence other people who are then influencing the patient. Yes. Very true. And I work like on my projects now, I, I work with frontline nurses, techs, I mean, everybody that are frontline. And so they are pulled into the projects themselves. So it's great to have everybody's perspective and work on it together. So on your team, are there other clinicians too? Or are you the, like the first clinician that they hired into a role like this? Um, no, I am not. So in my immediate team, there was an OT um, that had already been in that role for a couple of years. And there were definitely nurses. There were some like radiology techs, some lab people. So it's it's really been very, like our division is very versatile and like we have non-clinical people as well. So it, it does help bring different perspectives and like depending on the project, people are pulled different ways depending on what their skill set is um, and their knowledge base. So it works out pretty well. That's awesome. So what advice would you give someone who wanted to take a similar path as you? Yeah. So I think the first thing I would say is, you know, with my experience, and again, that two years, I I realized that if I wanted to do something different, I did need to be intentional about it. You know, I'd love to say everything just kind of fell into place. You know, it just worked out. I mean, in the end it did, but I I definitely was intentional about what I was looking for, how to get there and seeking out different opportunities. So I think that's the first thing. The other thing I would say is building relationships with your leaders. My, I was, I just had such great support and I built those relationships with my leaders that were supportive of my career development and my career growth. And so I think that's part of it too. Like building those relationships with the people, networking, however, you know, you see it um, within your company, outside of your company, and just kind of making those connections can help build um, your career growth. Yeah, you know, it's it's so interesting, Brianna, because this is a common theme that's coming up as I've been doing these fireside chats Mm -hmm. is to really connect with your leaders and let them know what your goals are. And I think people hesitate to do that because they think, they just don't know how their leader is going to take it or if they're going to be treated differently or, yeah. you know, what's the leader going to think. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so cool that you mentioned that, too, because I've heard other people say it's very valuable to make sure your leaders in on what you want to do. Yeah. And with that being said, you know, building that relationship initially with them. And like in home health, I actually sought out like an opportunity to help the department. I came from a balanced vestibular background. I saw an opportunity, you know, to improve therapy and the balance in the home. Um, So kind of took that initiative too with my leader and talked to her and, and on board and she bought, you know, she was able to purchase different balance pads for us to try. And I was able to teach, you know, the other employees about the balance treatments. So, you know, like just I think building the relationship to have that good professional rapport and then, you know, also helping the the department, seeing how things could be different, you know, and, and coming at it at a, as a positive manner, I think just really helps them see like, you know, this, this person is really engaged and I see them doing great things with whatever that may be. Okay. And I know we talked about this a little bit, but For the person out there who's really discouraged and they've been doing it for a while, I know you've already talked about some of the advice you would give about being intentional. Is there anything else you would say specifically to that person who is feeling discouraged right now or who feels like, man, I just can't take another day of patient care? 
Yeah. I mean, that's tough. You know, I, I don't know if I was exactly there, but I was definitely close. Like it was hard. And, you know, I think again, that advice would be to try something different. If maybe what's you're, you're trying now might not be the, the answer, um, seeking out and getting help. I'm a big believer in asking for help. I, I think there's so much knowledge out there to kind of get different perspectives um, on what might be working well and what might not be working so well. So kind of reaching out and, and building the relationships with others to get that advice, that coaching, that help um, would be ideal. Awesome. Okay. What was your defining point? I think it was when I was in ENT. So when I was doing that project work before the PT clinic even opened, I just realized I really liked that part of it. I liked the organization and figuring out issues and behind the scenes kind of thing. So that was my defining moment that I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something still affecting patients in a positive way, but did like that project work and kind of leading that project work. Okay. Very cool. All right. So last question, how can my network support you and the work that you do? Yeah. So I think, you know, just your network really, um, and your brand and your education and everything I think can help me and everyone seeking out quality jobs and that sort of thing by helping therapists know how to show their skills. And then also on the other side, showing employers that therapists are a good fit for these types of roles. So, you know, and then also just, you know, anyone willing to connect with me on LinkedIn, happy to do that too. All right. So they can find you on LinkedIn at yep. Brianna Fullenkamp. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Well, very good. Well, thank you so much for being here, Brianna. And I didn't ask you this earlier, but I'm just going to say it at the end because I want people to know, um, going back to what you said about connecting and um, getting to know people, Brianna and I met virtually, if I'm not mistaken. It was, it was kind of funny because we met on LinkedIn and then reconnected on Facebook, mm-hmm. not realizing that we had connected on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, it's just so interesting because when I met you, um, you talked about the um, non-clinical 101. When I, mm-hmm. when I met you on Facebook, it was through Meredith Caston, who owns and, and does a great job with, the, with non-clinical 101. And then I went back to LinkedIn to kind of look at your profile and realized that we had chatted like a couple of years ago. Yeah, probably when I was first starting out. Yep, yep. Yeah, full circle. Right, exactly. That's fun. But I said all that to say LinkedIn and connecting, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn or other groups is so, so, so beneficial because you just never know what great people you're going to meet. And who you're exactly. going to be able to collaborate with and work with and really get support from. Yes, exactly. All right. So thank you again for being here. I have really enjoyed talking to you and appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you so much for joining in. Your support means everything. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share this episode with your friends and colleagues, and rate the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I'd love to hear from you, so find me on LinkedIn at BrandyDPT or on my website at www.definingpointcc.com. Enjoy the rest of your day.